what it is. Hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. Hi-ya, hi-ya, Walk the walk on every street Upon a ball I'll be the world of my feet Get every discotheque and ask it for me his right, he can put skulls in, but he's going his own way, Michael Owen! Well, the boy wonder has produced a goal that will be shown over and over again in World Cup history. From obscurity to unforgettable, this is the moment the country has waited for. Canada is going to the World Cup! It is off the podium, an Olympics podcast, or today, a World Cup podcast, because it is very exciting times on the show. For the very first time, we are here to cover the biggest sporting event in the world, not the Olympics, the World Cup, because the FIFA World Cup, the Men's World Cup, is here, and we are pumped and excited on this show to be able to cover it for the very first time. 32 countries battling out for supremacy for a piece of gold that generally only a handful of countries can ever win. But who knows? This might be the year for Tunisia to finally break through and win it. I'm excited. We're going to be giving predictions, thoughts. We've got a very special guest on the show to help us talk about this today as well. And we've got plenty to cover. I'm just going to start off by saying that my name is Aben. And I'm thrilled to welcome uh, Canada's number one soccer fan, Colin Hilding. Colin, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not Canada's number one soccer fan. I will say I might be Canada's number one soccer analyst after the prediction CBC made. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I could be completely humiliated in Canada. Might end up winning the whole thing, CBC. Maybe. I just watched a prediction video from ESPN that had you guys making it to the semifinals. So I don't Ooh. know if that was CBC's uh, also <laughs> prediction or everybody else going a similar trend. We'll find out. Also joining me on the line is a man who lived in a place called Emu Plains. I actually caught a train the other day to Emu Plains. I didn't go there, but it was the Emu Plains train. It stopped me where I had to go. Had to share that story. Uh, he is the Socceroos 77th best number one fan. That makes no sense, but I did in my head. Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I feel like that's, that feels about right. 77th, maybe like a little bit too high, but um, yeah, it's, it's in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. It is, it is up there, but it's exciting. We've, we've talked about this for such a long time. I know I've gotten both of your thoughts on various episodes in the past, your, your various opinions of the World Cup and your whether you've watched it, you followed it, all these kind of things like that in the past. Let's let's refresh the memory for the people, both our listeners who maybe can't remember it. I'll start with you, Jared. Give us a brief rundown of... Are you, are you a big World Cup fan? Is this something that you tune into every year? Or is this going to be the first time that you really sort of pay attention to it now that we're basically forcing each other to watch it? Uh, on and off. I'll, I'll normally, I, I feel like I'm invested because Australia's in it, right? So 2006 World Cup is like the World Cup. 
the World Cup where Australia had an amazing team. I actually knew who the players were. Um, and since then, I've kept watching, um, but I suppose my interest kind of fades a bit after the, uh, the group stage with Australia generally not uh, making it any further. Um, so not the biggest fan, but like committed to like getting up early, watching some games, being invested, uh, yelling at the team, thinking, thinking I'm an expert. Um, so yeah, but excited. I think this year it still feels like, mm, I mean, we'll get to it, but we don't really have a chance, but just excited to, I suppose, talk about it a bit more and be a little bit more uh, invested because of the show. I think it is definitely something for a lot of people, maybe Colin, for example, or our non-Australian listeners that it is kind of a, an interesting journey I think most Australians have had with the World Cup because anything prior to 2006, we just didn't really give a shit. And this is probably maybe we can talk to Colin about sort of how Canada is right now. I mean, I'm sitting here in a Germany shirt and the reason why I'm a big Germany fan is because I started watching 98 and Australia, of course, we just never made the World Cup. We hadn't made the World Cup until 2006 since 1974. I picked a country, it was Germany, and basically I've stuck with them ever since. So uh, for a long period of time, Australians sort of really didn't care too much about the World Cup until we finally broke through 2006. And as you said, massive year for Australia. That was uh, such an iconic tournament. Made it through to the round of 16. Robbed by Italy. We're still not dirty over that uh, 16 years later, but that's uh, maybe a discussion for another time. Colin, intrigued. Refresh our memories on on your history of the World Cup because, I mean, you were alive when Canada made the World Cup in 1986. You were, what, I think about six years old, if my calculations are five Mm. years old. So you were very young. I'm sure you don't remember it. But uh, for yourself, prior to now that you guys are back in the Men's World Cup, have you ever paid attention to the Men's World Cup in the past before? Uh, So the first year I think I even realized it was a thing was 94 because of being held in the United States and just, you know, by default, Canada being United States junior. Sorry. Uh, we kind of are, but Australia um, knocked you out that year, by the way, you, you got close to qualifying, but we knocked you out in the way to qualifying. Sorry. Oh, then how did we even get TV coverage here? Cause we should be ashamed of ourselves. Uh, but I mean, that year there was so much, I guess, because of all the TV coverage, uh, you know, media coverage. I mean, everywhere you went, you saw world cup merchandise. There was sponsorship with like sodas and stuff like that. So you couldn't really escape it. Uh, now I don't think anybody was really that informed. I just remember, my mom getting really into it, who was not into sports at all because she was really rooting for Brazil, which I think had more to do with the men than it had to do with the sport. Uh, and then I had a friend whose family had come from Italy and they were very invested because of Italy. So I just remember it being, it's Italy or Brazil, no matter where I went. The final that year. So famous it, final. it was a very, yeah. very big deal. I do remember watching that. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's something I might tune into a little bit here and there if it's on TV. Uh, four years ago, uh, I think I watched a little bit more just because, uh, I don't know, there was there was a lot of like pools and everything. And I remember at work, they had like a World Cup day and everything, bring your jersey. And I had to go out and find a jersey. So I got Russia, which I'm not allowed to wear anymore. Um, <laughs> that so was the host four years one. ago. It made sense back then. <laughs> Yeah, I've got it. I think even four years ago, I was the only one wearing the Russian jersey. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the only person who actually owns that. I might break it out during this World Cup. Uh, but uh, I mean, this this will be the most I've ever watched. It's it's so exciting to have Canada back in it, though, because obviously always partial to Germany, always partial to Australia, clearly. But 
Canada's always a country, as we know through other shows that other you know coverage that I always have loved, lived there, all that kind of stuff. Connection, and it's always the other country that I always try and follow to see if you guys will ever qualify. And I guess in Jared and my lifetime, we've never seen Canada in a World Cup. Four years ago, the USA didn't even make the World Cup, so I don't know if Canadians generally are forced to go for the Americans in in the men's World Cup. No, of course. Canadians don't go for Americans no matter what. I don't know. Like sometimes we might go for New Zealand in certain things every now and then, depending on how we're feeling, but. I mean, I think this is just obviously a very exciting time. And given that you guys are obviously co-hosting it in four years as well, it was a perfect time for you to qualify because I think even though you, you know, pretty much guaranteed, it hasn't been confirmed that you're guaranteed a spot in four years time, but they're increasing the countries to 48. So I'm assuming that you will be one of the three that will automatically get a host with the USA and Mexico. But I think it's just that perfect time for you to qualify four years before you host it rather than just get that designated, oh, we're going to be the hosts, I guess we uh, get in there. But how is how is Canada going right now? How is the country? I mean, we're recording this basically four or five days before it starts. You're going to be hearing this two days before it starts. But how is Canada? Is it getting exciting now there in Canada for the World Cup? I think that Canadians are trying to be very realistic because uh, I think a couple months ago, like when we did qualify, it was it was there was so much excitement. There were so many news stories. Like every single day, you're watching something where they're bringing on people who played in, you know, uh, the last time that we were, what, 87, was it? 86. Uh, 86, yeah. So, but uh, I don't know, over the last couple of weeks, I mean, you're definitely seeing more advertisements, more promotion for it, but it's just sort of like, you know, let's see how Canada does. And and every once in a while, people may mention, oh, and these are Canada's chances. But it, I, that's just a typical Canadian thing. And we don't like to get false expectations. So it's better to have no expectations at all. Jared, I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about that history with Australia. Uh, we went through a different path this time around to qualify. Uh, had to go through the intercontinental qualifications like we're used to and obviously snuck through uh, Mr. Redmayne, the grey wiggle, famous uh, little uh, moment for him to get us into the to the World Cup. But, I mean, the vibe in Australia, I think, is, it's picking up. I feel it's uh, getting a bit more exciting now with uh, obviously a few days away and uh, some interesting time slots for us. But how are you feeling the vibe right now just uh, from your perspective? Because I think I'm a little bit different given that my job now is sort of revolved around this, so I'm hearing about it every day. But uh, how are you feeling uh, or getting the vibe about it right now? Honestly, I haven't heard like a whole heap of buzz about it. I feel like, and this just might be like a me thing based on like who I follow, but this just feels like there's still just so much more buzz around like the Matildas mm. and like they've been playing a lot of like friendly matches and stuff. And I've seen lots of that, but not like a whole lot of, I suppose, follow on or, or cross promotion to like the world cup. But honestly, like, yeah, from what I've seen, it's been fairly quiet, uh, but it, I do get the feeling that it is kind of starting to like ramp up. Like it's, it's being focused on a bit more, maybe not for the right reasons, but it's getting a bit more like coverage moving forward. Well, shout out to the Matildas. Time of recording this, of course, they uh, knocked off uh, Canada's rival Sweden for nothing the other day. And uh, by the time people are listening to this, we uh, would have played Thailand as well. So the Women's World Cup, of course, less than a year away. I got some tickets. Jared, did you, did you put in for any tickets next year for the World Cup? I got a few game tickets. I haven't and I didn't. You can still try. I think there's still uh, some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Get get there involved. Plenty of games in Sydney to check out. But uh, yes, obviously we we might do something for that next year. We'll see how we go. But what we're going to do on this episode is we're just going to basically 
give a bit of a rundown on some things. We'll go through each of the groups, each of the teams briefly. We've got some predictions, of course. And in typical off-the-podium fashion, we're going to look at things like the mascot because why wouldn't we? We've got some facts about Qatar. Did they invent oxygen like Birmingham? I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're going to find out soon. And we've got a very special guest, which I'm going to get to in just one moment. But one thing I just want to say that I'm actually disappointed about the World Cup this year. One of my favourite things about every World Cup is the official song of the World Cup. This is something that they've kept. I mean, the Olympics used to do kind of an official song, but it kind of it comes and goes. They never really make their mind up if they want to do one or not. But the World Cup has always been so prominent. And I don't know about you two, but like the very first time I think I got involved in the World Cup because of a song, and the very first CD I ever owned was a World Cup song. That was 1998, The Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. And that song just like got me hooked. It got me hooked to Ricky. It got me hooked to the World Cup. And to me, it's probably still the best ever World Cup song of all time. And prior to that, we had two official World Cup songs. In Italy, we had, I'm not even going to try and pronounce these ones, but we had two Italian songs back in 1990. In the USA, Glory Land by uh, Daryl Hall and Sounds of Blackness, oh, half of all of us right there, um, <laughs> sang that one. And then such other bangers that we've had since then, Anastasia in 2002 with Boom. Uh, we had Il Devo and Tony Braxton in 2006, The Time of Our Lives. 2010, Shakira featuring Freshly Ground, Waka Waka, this time for Africa. Jared, you were nodding at that one. You remember that song, don't you? That's the, like, in my mind, that's the World Cup. Oh, yeah. that is a great song. 2014, but come on, 2014, Pitbull with Jennifer Lopez and Claudia Latette. We are one, ole, ole, come on. And four years ago, we had Live It Up, Nicky Jam with Will Smith and Era Estrifi. But this year for guitar, no official song. They've just released an album saying that we're going to share all the songs. Now, we've opened our episode with the Higher, Higher, Better Together by Trinidad, Cardona, Davido and Aisha. And other songs that we've got going out there are Arabo by Ozuna and Gibbs, uh, the Arabic version of that. I'm not going to try and pronounce their names because I'll probably completely butcher it. And Light the Sky, Nora Fatia, Balquez, Rami, Red, Emmanuel. I'm just saying this right now, this is making me mad because this is the one World Cup tradition which I think the entire world should get behind. It's the song. And, Jared, you automatically knew those songs. Colin, you've heard of half those songs. Jared, does this annoy you as much as it annoys me? I want an official World Cup song, not a crappy album. Yeah, I feel like they're phoning it in and phoning it in and also hedging their bets. Like, oh, let's release an album and see which song becomes popular and then we'll make that kind of like the unofficial anthem of like the World Cup. No, you just have to dive in. Like, take the chance. If it's terrible, it's terrible. Like, I would rather that than just giving us a, a full album of songs to, to choose from. And I'm just wondering if this has got to do with the host, that it's Qatar and it's so controversial and this shouldn't be a thing and, oh, let's be different and unite the world because we're FIFA and we fucked up by giving it to Qatar. But who knows? I don't know. Colin, is this something you've ever paid attention to? Did you know half those songs <laughs> that I just read out? I mean, I know I know most of the artists you read out. Um, I wasn't aware that there were theme songs, probably because I don't watch. Uh, I'm trying to find this album. And I mean, even Googling it, all I'm coming up with is the 2022 World Cup sticker album, oh. which you can buy at Toys R Us Damn. for only $3.19. That's a big I'm tradition. Go to Toys R Us today. Don't worry. Yeah. That's huge tradition. I'm buying that. But uh, no, no familiarity with any themes. Um, I kind of want to listen to this album now. Cup of I wanna, life. I wanna, Ricky we Martin. can, we can come on. Oh, well, I know. Yes. Okay. So I do know that song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't aware it was associated with the world cup to be honest, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we need to do a, a episode. I think you're downplaying the idea of this. 
We need to rank the songs oh. on the 2022 album. Hey, uh, uh, anything to rank the songs. I've only listened to like, like a few of these, it, but they're not, none of them like stand guitar, out either. But it's like Qatar World Cup vision, Oz. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> you guys should be, you guys should really be up for this. The, the, I mean, the beauty of Tour of the World Cup is that even outside of the official songs, like Coke will release like an official anthem. Like this year, you've got Budweiser have released the official anthem. Um, Coca-Cola's official anthem this year is a ripoff of It's a Kind of Magic by Queen. It's terrible, by the way. I saw that. Um, but then, like, in the past, like, you know, you know, uh, I, I know, I'm, I don't know, Jared, maybe if you're more familiar with some of the songs, but uh, Coke back in 2010, the Waving Flag song by Kanan, I bet if you heard that, you would know it. Um, some of these songs, uh, Akon did an O Africa song back in 2010, which was a quite popular as well. Clay Aiken. Yeah, Clay Aiken. Akon. I thought it was your accent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Akon, Clay Aiken, really? Get them confused. They look, they look very similar. Um, uh, I mean, back for Germany 2006, Love Generation, Bob Sinclair, that was an unofficial anthem. And I think how Shakira got the gig for 2010 is because Hips Don't Lie was kind of used as sort of an unofficial anthem back for 2006. So there's there's so many of these songs that are amazing, but absolutely I'd rank anything song related. I have a World Cup playlist on my iTunes, which even in a non-World Cup, you know, I'll just put on because I just love the song so much for them. So anyway, Ben's rant over World Cup songs um, out of the way. Um, and actually, before we get to the special guest, just quickly, the mascot. Now, it's timely because <laughs> at the day of recording this, Paris 2024 have just released their mascots. And we don't want to spoil too much because we are going to be recording our mascot ranking episode, which will air early next year. But let's just say if you haven't seen it, we'll share it on our social media. You've probably seen it by now. But uh, I'm really looking forward to the Paris 2024 gloves as their official mascot. <laughs> but we'll get to that. But um, the official mascot for the Qatar World Cup, and I'm no doubt going to butcher this pronunciation in Arabic. It's Laib. It looks like a ghost, but it translates to super skilled player. The adventurous, fun, and curious Laib was unveiled uh, during the final draw last year. Uh, and then they display the story, millions of fans, blah, 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 blah. And I can tell you here, according to this lovely little pictogram that I'm seeing, thanks to sportstar.thehindu.com, um, it emulates appearance as a gutra, a traditional Arab cloth headdress worn in Qatar. And I don't know if that's offensive. I've called it a ghost. But anyway, it looks like a ghost. I'm sorry, but it does. It does. Um, creators of Lab say it hails from parallel mascot verse. <laughs> wow. It's like the multiverse of mascots <laughs> um, that is indescribable and that it is form is over. I'm sorry. That's lazy. <laughs> the creators have just gone, oh, fuck, we don't know what this is. It's a multiverse and who knows what it is. It's mysterious. Um, it is described as adventurous, fun and curious and encourages everyone to believe in themselves. Lazy. You've just gotten a ghost, put a face on it, added a soccer ball and gone, ooh, mystery. Um, Colin, what do you think of Laib? Uh, well, first thing I thought of was this Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, with a headband on. Uh, but also, as I'm looking at this closer, I'm like, I have seen that face before. Who is that? Um, I don't know if either of you have ever seen the show. It actually made my top 50 favorite shows of all time. Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, this I is Aang. This is Aang, The Last Airbender. It's bald. I it's got it. literally the exact same facial expression. It's like they cut out Aang's face from Avatar The Last Airbender and put it on Casper the Friendly Ghost's body and then threw a headband on it. Wow. I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, so I think I can visualize it. Jared, uh, you were a bit critical of the Paris ones. Um, didn't 
quite like them as much. A bit critical. <laughs> Again. I think that's... he made death threats against them. <laughs> Another episode. But uh, what are we thinking of Laib, the friendly ghost avatar, the last airbender? I think this kind of crosses over into territory. It's so bad that it's actually good. <laughs> like, I feel like the one thing that you're doing when you design a mascot for the World Cup is to make sure it has, like, feet so it can physically, like, play soccer. And here there's just, like, like this thing yeah. cannot, cannot play soccer. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at all the past mascots and, like, animals, people, this, that, whatever. I was like, the, like, one sole thing is, like, okay, there's a football and they've got feet so they can play the game. And here they're just, like, that. Nah. I mean, you know shows, what? those Qatar's like hopes of winning the thing. If that's what they're basing their play, their player skills off. You know what? I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, not only does that have feet, I don't think there's a body. I think it's a head on top of a sheet, and the sheet seems to be kicking the ball. I'm like, that's not physically possible. I'm really bothered by this now. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a solid point, Jared. But I mean, I'm glad you're looking at the password because I mean. I know we're an Olympics podcast and we're doing something a little bit different here and we're probably never going to rank the World Cup mascots. But, I mean, one thing I've got to say about the World Cup mascots versus the Olympic mascots, they do kind of stand out a little bit more. I mean, if you go back to Italy 1990, it's just like a stick with some Italian flags on it and a soccer ball for a head. <laughs> France 98 was just a bird. It's Woody the Woodpecker, I think, basically there. Uh, and Spain 1982 is an orange. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> But an orange with feet. An orange with feet with a soccer ball. <laughs> a Mexico 80, is that a sombrero wearing chili um, or a pepper or something like that? <laughs> and USA 94, a dog. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to Canada, you know, four years' time. What are you going to have, like, I, I don't know, Justin Bieber? Um, just like, <laughs> they'll just have that there, the return of, uh, what is that? I thought that dog was called Stinker. It's called Striker, USA 94. How original. Um, but, yes, anyway, Laib, the, uh, <laughs> oh, God, it needs feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I might change my prediction for poor old Qatar and Group A very, very shortly. Uh, so we'll see how we go. Uh, before we get into the groups and the predictions and everything like that, like, along those lines, i uh, like to welcome a very special guest to the show, of course. In Australia, if you're listening to us in Australia, SBS are about to show all 64 games of the World Cup, live and free, of course, and we are about to hear from one of the hosts of the coverage over the next month or so, Neve Owens, esteemed background in broadcasting in Australia and great to chat to here. Now, I will say that at the time of recording this, uh, we actually haven't spoken to Neve, but at the time of listening to this, obviously we have because you're about to hear the interview. So we're going to come back and we're all going to react to what Neve predicts and says because we're all aware exactly of what she's going to say but right now, let's throw to our chat with Neve Owens from SBS. Obviously, when you think of the World Cup in Australia, you do think of SBS, the home of the World Cup. And once again, this year, they will be showing every single game live and free. And part of their broadcast team is an esteemed voice of football in this country. You have heard and seen her on your screens for many years, covering a variety of different forms of football. And she is about to be part of the coverage on SBS for her first ever Men's World Cup and I'm very, very excited to learn a little bit more about her thoughts on the World Cup and everything else that we're going to see on SBS over the coming weeks. It's a pleasure to welcome Off the Podium, Neve Owens. Neve, first of all, welcome to the show. Welcome to Off the Podium. 
Ben, how is that intro? I love it. That was amazing. We always like to try and give our guests a big head just before we get into the questions, you know, to try and really make you feel comfortable. So did that work or did I need to add a few little extra bits in there as well? Mate, tyres seriously pumped up. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. That's what we're here for. And I'm sure you're also pumped and ready to go for the World Cup. We're just days away now, Neve. How how are you feeling? You're excited. Your very first Men's World Cup that you're going to be part of the coverage with. Do you know what? I'm so excited. And I just feel like this week it's really kind of launched. We've had the Prem wrap-up in the UK, the A-Leagues wrap-up in Australia, and all of a sudden it feels like we've shifted from focus on club land with the knowledge that this massive thing is kind of on the horizon to actually thinking and talking about this massive thing and knowing who's going to be fit and and able to line up for for their various nations. So, yeah, I am so pumped. Super excited. It kind of feels a little bit weird in some way that obviously we've got a World Cup at this time of the year when we're generally used to having it in the middle of the year. But at the same time, that adds to the excitement, I think, because I always love that four-year cycle when we have a, a Men's World Cup, a Winter Olympics, a Commonwealth Games. We've got these three big events in one year and generally they kind of are all over and done with by like August. But here we are, November, and we've still got one to go. So it's exciting. Yeah, and I mean, COVID has kind of blown so much of that planning stuff out of the water as well, hasn't it? Over the last couple of years, our perception of when different things happen has just been um, completely changed. But you're right, this one, November, December in Qatar, as opposed to our usual June, July window, which for leagues like the Prem kind of has blown their mind, you know. They've had to have a winter break when usually over this period they're ramming games in and it's really kind of heating up. Um, so it will be a very different a very different feel. Even as we head into the tournament and you're kind of you're getting ready to go into tournament mode, I keep saying to people, see you at Christmas. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's that about? That just sounds strange in itself, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was very different with that. But uh, obviously the, the event itself, as I said, 64 matches, all been shown live and free on SBS. Uh, you're part of this Great team, very uh, esteemed panel that SBS have put together for it. I mean, for yourself, Neve, you know, when you went into broadcasting, was this something that you sort of strive towards that you could be sort of a part of a big broadcast like this? You've done Women's World Cups, of course, in the past, other great events, but to be a part of a team. And as I said, SBS, you think the World Cup, you think SBS. So, I mean, this must be for yourself a big honour. Oh, it is such an honour. And I feel like I should have this beautiful story for you about, you know, having this as my lighthouse. But growing up, I was a football fan and watched this with my dad and my brothers on SBS and getting up at crazy o'clock each morning to, to enjoy it together as a family. And I can tell you in that little country town in the Hunter Valley, I never thought that I'd um, that I'd be sitting there on the couch next to Foz or Boz. So it blows my mind. I'm uber grateful. And these are guys, um, Sarah Walsh is there with us as well, one of our, you know, most capped Matildas and a, a huge part of football in Australia now moving forward as well. Then you've got Craig Foster, who's covered nine World Cups wow. across both the men's and the women's games. This is his fifth 
um, might even be his sixth Men's World Cup and he's wow. done four Women's World Cups. David Bashir has called so many Socceroos games over the years. Um, Martin Tyler is going to be a part of our broadcast as well. He'll be calling the World Cup final and some of those massive um, games throughout too. And we'll have Mark Bosnich who – cracks me up and is just an awesome dude and he'll be there on the couch with us as well so you're right there is such a great team and I just can't wait to I saw the set last week there's this big burgundy couch there in the middle of it and I can't wait to just kind of you know chisel my way into the couch and sit there and soak it all up I can imagine whenever Boz has a laugh his laugh is so infectious that you just kind of laugh no matter whether what he said is funny or not right like it's just sort of (laughs) you just kind of start laughing whenever he laughs (laughs) 100% it's a trigger it's like Kerry O'Keefe the same (laughs) that laugh it just sets you off. I I have only completely lost it on air once to date where I just I I couldn't get my words out. I couldn't stop laughing and it was because of Boz. You know, <laughs> he was telling this story about a croc. He'd been in far north Queensland and you know, he was doing this bit of a tourism uh, you know, promo tour as part of the Winter Festival of Football this year. And he had this encounter with a croc at one of the parks. And he, I, I had tears streaming <laughs> down my face. I just couldn't, I couldn't get back in the game. And luckily that's okay because Boz kept talking and it was all fine. Perfect. Well, I look forward to all those moments over the next <laughs> couple of weeks, of course, with that, Neve. Let's let's talk football, of course. Uh, we're, we're here to see some amazing matches. Socceroos, first of all, obviously uh, – a, a tough group, France again, Denmark, Tunisia. Uh, are you hopeful? Are you thinking that there might be a chance? Because I, I always like to point out that this curse of the winner that we've seen this millennium, of course, only Brazil have made it through out of the group stage after winning the World Cup, of course. We saw France exit in 2002 early, Italy, Spain, Germany. Could this happen again and could the Socceroos have a chance and take the most of this? Yeah, do you know what? It's the beautiful thing about football is that you just never know. And you're absolutely right about that curse. And I feel like this French side, it could go either way, couldn't it? Mm. They could play this incredible kind of football that we know they're capable of, but, you know, tactically they don't always line up to achieve. But they've got some attacking superstars in that lineup. And they could just blow everyone away and go back to back and it could be unbelievable but they also have these big egos within the side and and this ability at times to self-combust and to not reach those heights that we know they can we saw at the euros last year um quite a disappointing performance really from a french side that is stacked so we play france first up and similar to as you say about defending champs going out in the group stage of tournaments over the last, uh, you know, couple of decades, it also often takes these big teams time to work their way into a tournament. And so I think moving France in that opening game from a Socceroos perspective isn't actually a bad thing. You know, the Socceroos go in with absolutely no expectations upon their shoulders. And if they could even just nick a point in that game. That would be a remarkable start to the tournament from an Australian perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that is uh, definitely something we'll be cheering on for. And and just on the Socceroos squad, one name that everybody keeps talking about, of course, is a certain Grand Qual. 
Uh, do you think we'll get him off the bench in that first game? Do you think Graham Arnold straight away is going to be like, put him on, let's bring that X factor and really light him up and put him up against Mbappe and the gang and, and to see if he can light it up on the world stage? Do you know what? I reckon it probably depends on how the game is playing out. You know, if it doesn't go to plan and the Socceroos are a couple of goals down, well, then I don't think he's going to necessarily burn Garang late in that one. But if it was nil all heading into that kind of final quarter, if you like, of the game, well, then, yeah. I mean, that's what he's there for, isn't yeah. he? He's this wild card. He's an 18-year-old who absolutely just plays what he sees. And you find that whenever he has the ball at his feet as a spectator, you kind of lean forward a bit, you know, because you feel like anything could happen. You don't know what's going to happen. I often wonder whether he knows what's going to happen next. <laughs> and he's that kind of wild card that we have in our deck. So I would love to see that. Certainly don't think he'll start. Obviously, you know, we haven't even seen him start for the Mariners as yet. But I reckon late in that contest against France, in the same way that we saw him in the All-Stars, A-League All-Stars game against Barcelona, yeah. injecting him into the fray and almost just throwing that cat in amongst the pigeons, pigeons and waiting to see how it, how it plays out would be... Yeah, super exciting. Very exciting. I think we're all uh, definitely looking forward to, to seeing him. Now, I've got a, a bit of a question without notice for you, Neve. Now, on this show, we are a co-Australian Canadian podcast, technically. So I just I don't know how much research you've done on the Canadian team, but I, I just want to I need to get this for Colin, uh, one of our co-hosts, uh, just in general. Uh, any thoughts on Canada being in this World Cup? First time since 86, of course. I don't don't know how many of these interviews you're doing today where people are going to ask you about Canada, Neve, but I uh, thought I'd throw this one out to you to see if you've got any thoughts on uh, Alfonso Davies and the Canadian team potentially. I like it a lot. What a great question. Do you know what? The fact that they're back in the World Cup, I think, is a great thing for Canada, especially considering we have that threesome to look forward to in yeah. four years time with Canada, Mexico and the US hosting the World Cup, three nations hosting it for the first time. This is only the second time in, I think, you know, almost 40 years that Canada have made it into that World Cup arena and their is, qualification yeah. um, journey was actually uber impressive. Um, so, you know what, they're in a reasonably tough group, but who's not ultimately. Um, but I think if they can keep that kind of form that we saw throughout their qualification campaign going up against the likes of Belgium, against Morocco, against Croatia, um, obviously Belgium being the, the top-ranked side in that Group F, I reckon Canada will fancy their chances of making it through, potentially as the second, the second best team in that group. And, you know... Giving this a real dig. Yeah, you made Colin very happy by saying that, Neve. I'll just I'll, I'll add that right now <laughs> with that one. Uh, I'm going to ask the obvious question. You've probably been asked this 50 times today and be asked another 50 times uh, today as well, Neve. But uh, who's your pick? Who do you think is going to go all the way and lift that trophy uh, next month? Do you know, Brazil, I think, are justifiably the favourites heading in. And even though they're the most successful team in men's and women's um World Cup history in a lot of ways, and I know the US women's national team will, will have a few words to say about that, but they're the only nation to have qualified for every World Cup in both the men's and the women's game. But they haven't won the men's World Cup since 2002. It's 20 years. And they've been looking in fine form in the lead up 
But I like Argentina. I reckon the fairy tale around Lionel Messi heading into his final World Cup, in amongst a team, and obviously it's still Lionel Messi, but without those kind of superstar individuals that we've seen from Argentina in the past. Lionel Messi's at the tail end of his career, still playing really beautiful football. But it's a really well-balanced Argentinian side. And I think looking at their incredible run of form in the lead-up to the World Cup, which is often not an indicator of who actually goes on to win the thing, but maybe they can change that. And I reckon Argentina could indeed be the team. I think you made an entire uh, country and continent happy by saying those words, Neve. Uh, a lot of people listening to that with big smiles on their face. Of course, it all kicks off this coming Sunday on SBS from November 21st right through to December 19. You can watch it all on SBS or on SBS on demand as well. Neve, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here and off the podium. Good luck with the coverage and go Socceroos. Ben, it's been so nice to meet you. Thank you for having a chat and go the soccer route. Wow, can you believe uh-huh. she predicted Canada to win? What's going on, Colin? What are the odds? <laughs> I've been hearing that a lot lately. Uh, maybe maybe my predictions need to be adjusted here. I know. Of course, let's be honest. Remember that she did predict... Argentina. ...to win um, Atlanta Falcons. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely believe that... Argentina. ...are in a real, real chance to win the World Cup. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, a big thanks to, to Nee for her time on the show there to, to hear her thoughts and... Yeah, SBS, which I just I just want to say that actually we'll, we'll ask Colin about who's broadcasting because I think last time we talked you didn't know who was broadcasting World Cup. I hope you found someone to broadcast World mm. Cup in Canada. But um, just quickly, and this is not this is honestly not me saying this because we just spoke to Neve and SBS were fantastic in organising that interview for us. This is legitimately an opinion I think everyone in Australia shares, Jared. SBS are fantastic when it comes to the World Cup. When you think of soccer or football, whatever you call it in this country, in Australia, you think of SBS. I mean... I'm so glad that they're showing all of it and we don't have Optus showing half of them like the last one because remember that massive fuck-up? So, uh, yeah, any thoughts or SBS? I mean, this is the only time people watch SBS, I think, every four years, isn't it? That's it. They just get it. They get the job done. There's no fluff. They, they're they realistic about Australia's chances. They show other games apart from Australia. Um like, it's just, it's the gold standard, I think, in, like, broadcasting a sporting event, honestly. Yeah, completely agree. I think that, you know, in Australia, we have our networks where you associate them with certain sports. Like, no matter what we say about Channel 7, they're the Olympic network or the AFL network. Uh, you know, it's still weird to me that tennis is now on Channel 9 and, you know, and that cricket's on Channel 7, all these weird things. But SBS, you think soccer, you think the World Cup. That's definitely what we think. So we're looking forward to seeing that. Colin... Has Canada found one or do we all need to fly to Qatar yes. and film it on our phones and uh, sort of Facebook live it back to Canadians? Yeah. So we've got it on TSN, which is pretty Ooh. much best case scenario. Okay. Um, I mean, T- TSN, they have just regular TV channels. They have, I think five or six TV channels now. So you can watch one game on TSN one, another one on TSN two. They'll show replays on TSN three, so on, so on. Uh, I'm actually really excited because uh, I won't, I don't have TV anymore. I do have a, TV login from somebody in my family uh, who, um, well, it's not like Hi, somebody's going to cancel. It's not him. He's <laughs> not him. He's too, cheap, he's too cheap to get his own cable. He actually uses, <laughs> used to use mine. Uh, but uh, 
No, they uh, they have like really good for their app. Uh, it, it's probably the the best one to actually follow. And even just looking on the 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 website right now, I mean, they've got everything laid out. You can see the entire schedule of every single game that's going to be on there. It's got you know what the odds are for who's going to win each game, uh, tons of stuff. So yeah, I'm very happy with uh, TSN getting this because it means I'll have a chance to watch pretty much everything. It's not going to have to be oh well, they're going to air you know the Canadian games and then the other ones you can catch them when they're over on a replay and just for those like Jared and myself who aren't in Canada what what's the timing like for you in terms of like what timing are, are these like morning evening sort of what generally will you be able to watch these at what times so it doesn't look too bad it looks like it's going to be mostly mornings um the earliest one I'm looking at here is 4 a.m but uh, I mean I'm usually up by five anyways but there's a lot of like 7 a.m's and 10 a.m's here so I mean I shouldn't have a problem being able to watch them. I mean, I'll be working. I guess that'll be the biggest problem. But uh, uh, yeah, it's not like I'll have to be waking up at two in the morning if Canada plays. I mean, the earliest I'll have to set an alarm will be probably 4 a.m. Meanwhile, for us, Jared, after having a couple of good Olympics where we've been very lucky, uh, I don't know if you looked at the schedule. I think generally the first one for us starts at 9 p.m. and the last one's at 6 a.m. But I know, for example, there's a couple of days there where I think Germany play at 2 a.m. and Canada play at 6 a.m. or Australia play at 2 a.m. Like it's, it's going to be a bit brutal for some of these ones. So uh, I don't know what ones uh, generally if you're just going to pick the Socceroos and, and watch what else you can. But I mean, sort of do you plan on looking at the schedule and working out what days and nights you're going to be working around with this? Yeah, I feel like I'll try to watch a, a mix of everything. Obviously, the Socceroos, maybe not that... Uh... 2am game by the looks of things i like it's the 2 and 3am i think that the ones like 9pm p- perfect midnight fine 6 you know, better if it was a little bit later but doable it's just like those that those well, that one that smack bang in the middle at 3 or like 2am yeah but outside of that i think actually it's not terrible timing I believe our first one is at 6 a.m. next week so that's not too bad against france um and i believe this is the First World Cup to have, I think, four games a day because uh, given that it's later than usual, they're condensing this to four weeks versus six weeks. So I think the group stage, they're getting done a lot quicker. So that's why I think also it might be a bit more brutal. But uh, we've been lucky with the world, uh, the, the Olympics, so I feel it's time to uh, to get uh, a little bit on that uh, a different way. Uh, one more thing before you get to the group. I'm going to spread out some facts about Qatar through this. We did this during Birmingham, during the Commonwealth Games. So I want to blow both your minds with some Qatar facts. Uh, Did you know that Qatar is the second flattest country in the world? Um, What's what's the first? Maldives is the first. Ah. So there you go. Very flat. I mean, that's generally good because you don't want the players to have to be going uphill when they're trying to score. That, 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 That makes it more difficult to get a goal, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see why they pick Qatar. But I do love this next fact. But maybe not for long. Qatar is two metres higher than it was 400 years ago. Oh, jeez. Look, in another, in another 400 years, they'll be completely incapable of hosting a World Cup. Let's get it out of the way now. They'll have to bribe even more people to win one. Um, <laughs> Hamad International Airport is the best airport in the world. I should really? mention this website is uh, timeoutdoha.com, so clearly I'm impartial uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to It's this. not qatarairport.com. <laughs> According to Skytrax World Airport Awards 2021, I've actually, uh, earlier this year when I went to New York, I, tr- I connected in Doha and it was a fancy airport. It was nice, but um, 
I've been to nicer airports, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, the in, the inhabitants of Alcor Island, is that Al Gore Island? Um, <laughs> were the first to produce purple shellfish dye. Okay. <laughs> um, That's a thing. Thanks for letting us know. Um, and again, very impartial here. Qatar Airways is the best airline in the world. <laughs> I, I think I know who the sponsor of the World Cup is in Qatar. Uh, I mean, according to the Skytrax Awards, um, Qatar Airways bribed their way like they won the World Cup. Um, all right, there we go. Okay, we'll read some more of those. All so, right. yes, if if, if if Tasmania one day gets the World Cup, are we going to be getting like Slam Cola is the best cola in the world? Absolutely. I think Tasmania is bigger than Qatar, so I think we'd win it. I mean, <laughs> Sydney has more people in the city than the entire country of Qatar. So, um no. Facts before like that are you, amazing. Before you move on, um, I don't know, has Australia hosted a World Cup before? No, we we, we bid for this World Cup, um, but we got eliminated in the first round, uh, basically. So uh, that was the first and only time we've bid. Uh, we've never hosted it. This is only the second time Asia's ever hosted the World Cup. Korea and Japan hosted in 2002. First time Middle Eastern countries hosted it. But uh, Rumours are we're going to be in 2034, which would make a very big couple of years for us if we had the Olympics in 2032. I mean, Brazil did it in 2014 and 2016. Russia did it in 2014, 2018. So who knows? But we've got the Women's World it, Cup next year, of course. So Yeah. And, we, I mean, we had that a couple of years ago as well. I remember yeah. it was a huge deal. We had a couple of games here. I didn't get to go, but we had a couple here. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting, uh, to be able to see some of this in person. Yeah. Well, the, the women's, a lot of the Australia, I think all the Australia group stage matches in Australia have completely sold out. Um, I was lucky enough. I, I got a ticket to the final somehow. I don't know how, um, but like, I just, I, I went onto the ticket website. I was like, oh, there's one available for that. That's cheap. All right. Clicked it. It's like, you've got a ticket to the final. Okay. Um, so whether it's legit or not, we'll soon see, but I know you're going to show up and it's like, so the dead (laughs) giveaway would be as this is not a real ticket. (laughs) No, no, uh, no actual monetary value. (laughs) I got, so I got a ticket to the Germany Columbia group stage because go Germany. I've got a round of 16 game, which will either feature Australia or Canada because it will be the winner of that group that Australia and Canada are both in. Um, and then yeah, other ones, who knows what will happen. So Jared, I, I will let you know, actually. Uh, I've got two tickets for those first two games. So if you're nice to me in the next, uh, you know, six to eight months, maybe I'll no, take it. It works. It works the other way, Ben. If you're nice to him, he'll yeah, agree to true. go. <laughs> exactly. No, I shouldn't. I should say that. But no, uh, um, Australia has a Canada will host a men's World Cup before Australia ever does, Colin. So there you go. Facts. There I go. Facts. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through each group. There are, of course, eight groups in the World Cup. People who may be uh, listening to this and Olympic fans don't really know how the World Cup works at the moment. And this is the last time we'll ever have 32 teams because 48 teams in the next World Cup. There are eight groups of four teams. Basically, the top two from each group go through. Then you have a round of 16. It's knockout from that point. Round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, final, and you have a third-place playoff. And then the winner, of course, wins the final. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through each group quick as we can. going to go over each country, give some thoughts, give some facts. I know you two are very in-depth on your knowledge of Teams like Tunisia and Iran, and I'm expecting all the player knowledge and all that sort of stuff, just like apparently I have. And we're then going to predict the order of each group, and then we're going to go through and we're going to have some fun with the knockouts and all that kind of stuff too. So we're going to start off with Group A, which as always generally is the host group, the country that is hosting the World Cup, which of course this year is Qatar, and they are making their debut. They have never made the World Cup before. They're the first country since Uruguay in the very first World Cup in 1930 to make their World Cup debut as the host. So that's very interesting. We've also got Ecuador from South America, Senegal from Africa, and the Dutch, Netherlands, 
they're from Europe if you didn't know where they are. Uh, I'll start with you, Jared. Just give me some thoughts. Give me some takes. You can give me predictions now. I don't know. Just uh, open forum. Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands, Group A. Uh, good group. Um, I mean, the Dutch, they're my second team because that's 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 heritage, that's family, so you just have to do it. Um, so generally when Australia gets knocked out, then the allegiances switch. Um, and I think they're topping the group. Uh, I think Ecuador second, Ooh. Senegal third, and Qatar nah. Nah, not Last. feeling not feeling Qatar. Nah. Okay, reigning Asian Cup champions, Jared. So nah. no, not feeling. All right, okay, all right, not not feeling the Qatar love. Uh, Colin, I just want to think of a guitar when I think of Qatar. <laughs> right, I'm going to strum a my guitar. I don't know why I needed to bring that up. Sorry, Colin. Uh, so. I basically yesterday looked through other predictions and you could find the most group. There was like, you know, a landslide who's going to win. Uh, although I do have some that will mix it up, just uh, wild predictions of upsets and everything. But I, I my, obviously, number one, I've got Netherlands here, uh, but I'm making a wild prediction and saying Qatar is number two. Uh, I think home home advantage uh, will definitely um, will definitely help. And uh, then I've got Senegal three and Ecuador in last. Ooh, okay. Um, before I give my takes on it, the Dutch basically renowned as the greatest team to never have won the World Cup. Uh, three times runner-up, I think. Two times, three times runner-up of the World Cup. Uh, 2010, the last time they made the final. Uh, of course, didn't qualify for the last World Cup. Uh, so they're, they're back after a while. Three times runner-up. 74, 78, 2010. And I, I look, I'm, I'm with you, Jared. I'm always partial to the Dutch. As a German fan, we're meant to hate the Dutch because they're big rivals, but... I always like the Dutch, always a big fan. I love the orange. I love kind of their, their uniforms and everything. Um, Senegal, famously back in 2002, made the quarterfinals, beat France in that opening game. Very, very famous match. Uh, Ecuador, second round back in 2006, the best they've ever done. And as I said, Qatar never made it, but reigning uh, champions of Asia. I am going to say the Dutch will win the group easily, undefeated, three from three. They'll, they'll, they'll easily top it. I'm with Colin. I'm going Qatar too. Now, the hosts always do well. South Africa are the only host nation to have never made it through the second round, and they only missed out in goal difference. So they, they should have made it through. So always look out for the hosts. That's all I'm saying. Um, Senegal, a lot of people are predicting them to do well. They're generally pretty good, but I think they're going to miss out to Qatar. And, yeah, Ecuador, um, no, they're, they're fourth. Sorry, South America. But uh, I, I, I'm there. So, Colin, you and I have exactly the same predictions. I think what we'll do, we'll get, like, similar what we do with predictions. Two points if you get it 100% correct one point closest um and then we'll go through these second rounds uh around i'm going to work that out shortly but uh that that goes through that way as well group b this is a an interesting one we have england everybody's uh favorite country that always sucks at the world cup always chokes uh we have iran iran so far away my favorite flock of eagles flock, flock of seagulls song uh block of eagles block of eagles <laughs> Uh, the United States back into the World Cup for the first time since 2014 after missing out in 2018. And for only the second time in World Cup history, Wales, 1958. You think Canada's had a drought? They have. Wales, 1958, the last time they were in the World Cup. The only time in the World Cup. The only debutant in this World Cup, by the way, is Qatar. Every other country's at least been here before. But Wales, 1958. Gareth Bale finally gets to go to a World Cup. I'm looking forward to this group because... 
I've got to be the soft spot for all of these countries. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped and excited. I'll start with you, Colin. How are you feeling about Group B? Uh, I actually like what you said about Wales because I had no idea about that uh, because, uh, well, I've got England number one and I have Wales number two. I really want to see England and Wales. Uh, and then I'm going to go with U.S. for third and the Flock of Eagles I ran in last. <laughs> flock of Eagles. That's that's the uh, the follow-up band. <laughs> the flock of Eagles. <laughs> Underrated. Don't, not often talked about. Um, <laughs> Jared. Um, I mean, I hope Colin's predictions are right in this group because soft spot for Wales, just because of the flag. I mean, mm, best flag in the dragon. world by Country Mile. Um I've got England first. Uh, that being said, it's it's not coming home. You're not winning the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, can we not do this? It's coming home bullshit that. again. I'm so sick of hearing that. <laughs> uh, I've got the USA second, uh, Wales third, and Iran in fourth. <laughs> I ran so far away. Um, yeah, Jared, I've got exactly the same as you. Uh, England won. Uh, they, they have no problem making out of a group, England, except for like 2014. But uh, the USA just always generally get out of a group somehow. Um, and uh, I, I, I've got a real soft spot for the Americans. I'm sorry, Colin, but I do like the Americans. Oh, I, I'm with you. I, I, I like to see the Americans succeed. I'm not a typical Canadian. I and But I'm also like, I would not be sad if Wales made it through because I would love to see Wales come through. And Iran, like I just, I kind of, I think with everything that's going on in their country at the moment, I think it would be great for them. They've, they've never made it out of the group stage. They are one of only four countries in the World Cup this year that has not made it out of the group stage. So uh, five times they've been at the World Cup and never made it out of the first round. So uh I would love to see them get out of there too. But no, England England and the USA for me, I think will go through. Uh, England won it 1966. Uh, don't they remind you of that every five minutes? Um, Wales at their only World Cup did make the quarterfinals. Uh, so uh, they're, they're 100% uh, from making it to the final eight if you want to look at it that way. And uh, the USA, uh, believe it or not, actually finished third way back in 1930, the very first World Cup. So uh, they have done well back when probably there weren't many countries in the world playing soccer. So uh, good for the USA. Um, Group C, now this one's a good group. Argentina, perennial favourites. Saudi Arabia, Mexico, another North American team. Co-hosts, of course, again, four years with you guys in the USA. And Poland, the Poles, Polaxing their way through. Uh, Jared, your take on Group C. Tough group. Uh, I don't know if I'd say soft spot for this for the Saudis, but like the memes for the Saudis and like the Australian Saudi rivalry, I don't know. It just brings back memories of like turf complaints and this, that, whatever else. Um, there's just fun to be had there. Um, I've got Argentina topping the group, Mexico uh, second in the group, Poland third, and Saudi Arabia in last. Good, good guess. I will spoil it and say. You've got exactly the same as me again, uh, but I'll comment that in a moment. Colin, are we are we three from three? Do we all have the same in this? No, nope. <laughs> nope. Because uh, this this is where I made my wildest prediction. Because I, I kind of have a soft spot for Mexico, uh, so I'm actually going Mexico one, uh, and then Argentina two, Ooh. Uh, Poland, and then sad Saudis last. Sad, sad Saudi, sad, sad Saudis, sad Saudis last. I mean, Saudis are pretty good rivals of us, of course, in Asia. Now that we compete in Asia, but. Um, yeah, look, I think 
Argentina are going to do very well this World Cup, and I think they will easily come out on top. But Mexico, similar to the USA, they just always make it out. They just always make it out of the group. I think they're now going for seven or eight in a row where they've um, they've finished in the round of 16 and haven't made the quarterfinals, I think, since they hosted it back in 1986. So um, I'll uh, give a bit more of a prediction in, in whether or not they will finally be able to break through with that very shortly. But, um, yeah, so I same as Jared. I've got Argentina 1, uh, Mexico to Poland. So Poland generally do all right. There's not somebody to completely discount. And uh, the Saudis are in fourth place. So Saudi Arabia made the round of 16 back in 1994. That's their best ever finish in a World Cup. Poland, third place twice, 74 and 1982. Argentina, of course, are two-time winners in 78 and 86. And Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> It's going to get the throat. Uh, two-time quarterfinalists. <laughs> not Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen's favourite team. Uh, 1970 and 1986. Uh, they're two times in the quarterfinals. All right, here we go. Group T, the big one. It's basically the same group as Australia had four years ago with the exception of the one team that we actually knocked out on the way through there. So we have the reigning champions, Les Français. <laughs> Uh, L'Australie, Australia, the Danes, the Great Danes, Denmark, and uh, traditional rivals of all three of these countries, Tunisia, which is in Africa for those playing at home. Um, again, this is the same group we were in four years ago, except with the exception of instead of Tunisia, we had Peru four years ago. Um, how you feeling, Jared? Uh, reigning world champs. But let me just remind people out there that uh, there is the little curse of the champion that has been a thing this millennium, only one team this millennium has made it out of the first round after winning the World Cup the previous four-year cycle. That, of course, was Brazil in 2006. France in 2002 after winning in 98. First round, exit. Italy won in 2006. First round, exit, 2010. Spain won in 2010. First round, exit, 2014. And sadly, my beloved Germany, after winning in 2014, first round, exit, 2018. So just keep that in mind when it comes to the a little froggy frogs. It's an interesting group. I think, um, look, it's not the worst spot Australia could have been drawn. There were some, some better options, uh, but there are definitely some, uh, some worse ones as well. Um, I think France is breaking the curse. I've got them finishing first in the group. Uh, Denmark in second, Australia third, and oh. Tunisia fourth. Oh, poor Australia. We haven't won a match. I just don't world. feel it. I don't feel the, the don't vibe, feel the buzz. It's not there. You're not on the qual um, train? We're not going to get qual off the bench and scoring his magic? Come on. Yeah. It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. Coca-Cola, drink it now. Uh, Australia my one- favourite player on the team is Matty Ryan. Like, there's, mm. there's something wrong. What about, <laughs> what about the cum dog? Uh, <laughs> oh, so excuse me? <laughs> Jason Cummings, the cum dog. Uh, you're not on the cum dog train, Colin? Oh. I'm, I'm sure Jamie is. I mean, <laughs> tell it to look him up. Um, he's a good looking rooster, originally from Scotland. So, you know, um, get on the cum dog train. Um, words I never thought I'd be saying on this podcast. Um, Colin, give me your thoughts. Come on, your neutral obs- observation I, as a Canadian. <laughs> I have an exact match with Jared. I got France, Denmark, Australia, Tunisia. Um, t- Tunisia, I mean, it's it's Tatooine, so it would be great. Uh, and and I would root for Australia too, but it's just it doesn't seem realistic with France and Denmark in there. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm 
Curious to see if you've got Australia higher, though. Denmark uh, semi-finalists from Euro 2020, which, of course, was last year, so Euro 2021. So uh, I think they went above and beyond expectations to to get to that. So I think a lot of people are definitely looking at Denmark as a, a potential uh, dark horse uh, in this group and this tournament. That prediction that I saw of Canada making the semi-finals on ESPN, they had Denmark beating Brazil in the final. So they're very on board. Denmark doing very well. Quarterfinalists, 1998, their best finish. France, two-time winners, 98, 2006. Tunisia, one of those four countries that have never made it out of the group before. And Australia, of course, round of 16, 2006. I have got Denmark winning the group because I think they're a bit of a dark horse. I think that they may do okay in this World Cup. I have got... Australia in second. I think the curse is real. I'm sorry, but it is real. And France are famous for being good one tournament, bad the next. So they were good four years ago and won it. So this is their time to be bad. I'm saying it. They're choking. They're choking. <laughs> I should have known when the French were in it that it's are going to end up lower. <laughs> it's honestly got nothing even to do with the French. If anything, I should be anti-England. But, like, I'm <laughs> honestly, like, I've come around more on France. But I just, I'm sorry. I just, I think this curse is real. Mm. I to th- be fair, releasing those home, like, those mascots for your home Olympics, like, team morale has got to be, like, down in the dumps. Right. After seeing that. <laughs> exactly. You know, and only two countries have ever won back-to-back World Cups before, Italy and Brazil. So I just I just don't – I just think they're going to choke. I just don't think they're going to make it through. I got them third, and I think Tunisia will finish fourth. But uh, I think we'll sneak through, and I think we'll be close. Like, I, I think we'll draw France. I think we'll beat Tunisia, and I think we'll draw Denmark, and I think that will be enough to get us through. So that that's my prediction for how Australia will get through. don't think we'll go uh, past uh, the next round, but um, – We'll get to that, but uh, I, I don't know. I've just got a feeling. Just got a feeling mm. that we're going to do it. So the draw is very Australian. You know, yeah. score a goal and then park the bus for the rest of the match. Exactly. We nearly and you got to remember, <laughs> we nearly did drew draw France four years ago. We did okay against them. Uh, we haven't won a World Cup match though since 2010, so we're due for a win. You know, just 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 like the Winter. Think about it. Winter Olympics. We hadn't won a goal since 2010. We got one this year. Oh, this is your year. Exactly. The 12 year uh, break in tradition going on there. The group of death. There's always one at every World Cup. This year it is Group E, and this is one that I'm obviously very, very excited about. You got Spain, you got Costa Rica, who uh, beat traditional rivals New Zealand, uh, and I'm saying this right now: New Zealand robbed. They should have won that match. Uh, Germany and Japan. This is an extremely tough group. Uh, Spain, of course, champions in 2010, always great. Uh, semi-finalists at Euro 2020. Germany. Always good in tournaments, except for four years ago, of course. Costa Rica made the quarterfinals back in 2014, very famously. And Japan, best side in Asia, basically, and uh, always very good at what they do. Let's start with you, Colin, uh, the group of death. So I had a feeling and wanted to go with Spain, but I felt like Ben knows more than I do, and Ben's going to say Germany. So I actually had Germany number one, then Spain, then Costa Rica, and then Japan. Interesting. Okay. Jared? Uh, soft spot for Spain. Uh, they're like my third team uh, because of Nadal. Um, maybe fourth this year, though. Well, he'll know, be playing. With, with Canada in the mix. <laughs> you know what? The way he's playing tennis lately, he should just go. And if if Channel 7 had up. the coverage, you know that'd bring him up about 50. And wait till we get to Switzerland. Uh, so, you know. Um, so I have Germany topping the group, Spain second, uh, Japan third, and Costa Rica fourth. 
Got another match, Jared. You and I are matching very, very uh, closely here. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's all going to come down to the Germany Spain game. I think that that's the key one here. I think Germany will top the group. Spain. So I, I, look, I'll be honest with you because I've never really been a huge fan of Spain. I've never really liked the team. My dad always likes the Spanish team and always gives me shit for them whenever they beat Germany. Um, but I've got them finishing second. Spain, uh, Japan. I think will come close. But I just I feel for Japan because they're in a very tough group. Um, if they can get a draw against. Germany or Spain, maybe. I mean, South Korea beat Germany famously four years ago, so you never know. And Costa Rica, I, yeah, they barely snuck Shouldn't in. Shouldn't be there. Shouldn't be there. New Zealand should be in this group. So, um, yeah, but I, I really do feel for Japan because I, I they're, meant to, they're basically our biggest rivals in the Asian conference. We're not really meant to like, but I like the Japanese team. And who doesn't like Japan? So, yeah, anyway. Uh, group F, here we go. All right, Colin, pump it up. Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia, traditional rivals going at it, <laughs> hammer and tong in the Men's World Cup. Um, how are you, you feeling you, about these countries? Have you done your research? Have you looked up the Belgians, the Croatians and the Moroccans? I did. The, yeah? I, I looked, I've looked at a lot of, because most of the predictions that you find are, you know, how Canada's group's going to go. Um, I, I do have a quick question for you, though. In 86, did Canada play any of these countries? They did not. Do you, you want to know how they did in 86? Just, yeah, okay. I know we didn't win, but... <laughs> You're in a group uh, with the Soviet Union, France, and Hungary. Uh, in your game against France, you lost one nothing. In your game against Hungary, you lost 2 nothing. And in your game against Soviet Union, you lost 2 nothing. Canada has never scored a goal at the Men's World Cup, ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the big story here because most predictions here are, will Canada score a goal and will Canada win a game? It's not, will Canada advance? But when I'm finding stuff outside of Canada, I'm finding there is a lot of optimistic people that think Canada could at least be number two in this group, which I'm going to be a typical Canadian and play it very conservative and say, no, uh, I've got Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco, but we will score a goal and we will win a game. I, I would just say parallels to 2006 for the Socceroos. We, going into that World Cup, had only ever been in one World Cup before. We had never scored a goal, never won a game, never got a point, and we did quite well. And I think the thing with Canada, you got a certain player by the name of Alfonso Davies, who I'm sure even you've heard of. Uh, yeah. you know, he's a superstar in Europe, plays for Bayern Munich. And uh, even I've got here the official FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 book. And in their superstar section, and this is, you know, where you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe, you've got a page on Alfonso Davies. So they're basically putting him amongst the likes of those superstars. So he's a very bloody good player. Uh, Will he be traded to the New York Islanders by the end of the World Cup, though? Probably. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would go out on a limb and say he probably will. Um, i got to get your feelings of that. That's completely outside of the World Cup. I'm like, I meant to ask you that before we started about the... Connor McDavid, but uh, we'll hey, get wait, there what? Off Connor there. McDavid's been traded to the Islanders. What? Oh, you didn't know that? No. What? <laughs> oh, I thought I, I was gonna. I, I I was gonna send it to you, but like, Ben's probably heard this already. I, I I was just more curious if you your hatred for McDavid was just because he played for Edmonton or just McDavid in general. Because I, I mean, I'm excited. Islanders are my other team. I'm like, hey, we've got a star again. I I Jesus, I have absolutely not been paying attention if that is actually what is happening. But, um, I mean, a lot of it comes from the fact that he's an Edmonton player and all the stupid Edmonton fans like, oh, he's our saviour. And, like, he's done fucking nothing for you. So um, that's a whole other story. Wow. Okay, then. Um, Jared, uh, will Conor McDavid play for Canada in the World Cup? And uh, how will he go against Morocco? You know what? He's not going to do crash hot. I just got that feeling. 
Um, my predictions are the same as Collins, Belgium, Croatia, Canada, Morocco. Um, yeah, this is an interesting group. I feel like it's almost similar to Australia's group. So I think there's like a, a, a glimmer of hope uh, that Canada could, could sneak through with, with some draws and some, some upsets. We've got a match. I've got exactly the same as you two. I look, I think that I would love to put Canada and I don't, I honestly think Canada realistically outside of Ben Waterworth's predictions, just because France is going to choke. I think Canada have a solid chance because Belgium, I think are easily like, you know, great team. They could win this world cup. Uh, I think Croatia obviously runners up four years ago, but Croatia kind of, uh, you know, they hit and miss. They did well in 98. They did well in 2018. Other than that, they've never gotten out of the group before. So, you know, it depends on which Croatia shows up. Morocco, no one really knows anything too much about them. So I, I think to me, Canada have a real chance here. Yeah, draws, a, a sneaky win. They can beat Morocco and it, however they go against Croatia. But, yeah, I just I think Croatia will sneak through, but Belgium will go through undefeated. But, like, I think I honestly think Canada's got a very favourable group here. I think that you, you've got a decent chance here, Colin, to go through. And, yeah, I, I, I think you'll get goals. Absolutely, I think you will. So, um, but I, I would love it so much if they got through, because I'm telling you now, my experiences in this country right now, nobody knows Canada's even in the bloody World Cup. You go and asking every store, do you have a Canada jersey? Oh, they're in the World Cup, aren't they? Um, <laughs> like I literally saw Northern Ireland on a shirt sh- shelf the other, and they're not even the fucking World Cup. Um, so you know, any Northern Irish fans, I'm glad your country can buy a shirt for them in like freaking downtown Sydney, but I mean, you know, not in the World Cup, so. Anyway, all right, Group G, got uh, some heavyweights in this one. Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Rafael Nadal, uh, Novak Djokovic, sorry, and Roger Federer <laughs> up against, um, who was that guy in the 2000s that won the French Open about, was it Curtin, the Brazilian? Was that his name? Yeah. And that famous Cameroonian tennis player who's doing very well yeah, in the ATP. Yep. Good. Um, uh, Jared, give me. I'm going to find out who Cameroon's number one tennis player is now that I think of that. Uh, Group G, how do you think this one's going to play out? Uh, this is one for me that apart from, I suppose, Brazil, who are, who are my top of the group, I was kind of the most mixed on how I thought the rest of it would end up. Um, I do think like two, three, and four are kind of up in the air. Um, I've put Switzerland second, Cameroon third, and Serbia fourth. I mean, that could be some Djokovic bias coming into that, uh, but that's just how I've ranked it. Um, just quickly, the number one tennis player in Cameroon is Cameron Nori. Cameron from Cameroon. Um, he's currently ranked 157th in the world, uh, highest ranking of 117. Apparently he's won one career singles title. Um, that's respectable. Um, wait, he's not from Cameroon. He represents New Zealand. What? I typed it. Oh, you give me Cameron because you think that's a Cameroon <laughs> tennis player. Most famous Cameron tennis player. He was born in South Africa, represented New Zealand, and now plays for Great Britain. I Cameroon, Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only article here that I can see is Cameroon's Clifford Wayum Nakwan achieved the milestone of earning his first ATP point making him the first player from his African nation to do so since 2007. Uh, apparently, he's now ranked at 1,744. Did they go down that far? I don't think this article is correct. Anyway, uh, Clifford Wayum Nakwan, let's go with him. He's the number one player in Cameroon. Colin, uh, group, uh, what are we up to? Group G. Uh, I'm, I'll agree. It's Brazil's the easy number one choice here. Um, I... Didn't know what to go with for the others, uh, but uh, I decided to rank based on 
franchises I'm familiar with. So Serbia goes number two because of the Drazens in 24. <laughs> Switzerland goes number three because of James Bond. And Cameroon goes last because of Cameron from Cameroon. It's okay. I think you could say Cameron from Ferris Bueller. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, Brazil easily topped the group. Um, I'm going with Switzerland because, again, Switzerland, similar like Mexico or the USA, they always just get out of the group. They just they just do it. They just, they're Swiss. They're efficient. Uh, you know, they're neutral. They just make it through. Uh, Serbia, though, could do it because Serbia generally do all right in the World Cup. So they're, I've got them third. And, yeah, Cameroon uh, fourth. So I, I like Cameroon. They're they're always fun to watch the World Cup. And I only know them as a country because of the World Cup, to be completely honest. But, uh, yeah, Cameroon from Cameroon will run out of steam. Uh, the final group, Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Another traditional Australian rival in Asia, South Korea. Uh, let's go with you, Colin. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. Uh, so I went with Uruguay for number one. Uh, and I got really bold here because it, it's, to me, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but it seems unrealistic. But I'm like, I have a feeling about South Korea. Uh, so I went Korea number two. Portugal three and Ghana as fourth. Oh, poor Cristiano Ronaldo's not getting out of the group in his last ever World <laughs> Cup. Pretty boy's going to have a cry, apparently. Oh, poor Cristiano. Uh, it's Jared. the K-pop influence. K-pop's going to win a move. Okay, all right. I had the same rankings as Colin. But ah, then, wow. Then I switched countries and, the, and now it's changed. Uh, so Uruguay first. Ghana second, Ooh. Portugal third, Korea fourth. Ooh. This is also my gamble group, like go against the grain, <laughs> group H. Okay, you're going for your points here. Ghana did very well in 2010. Should have made the semifinals if it wasn't for a cheating Uruguayan by the name of Luis Suarez, but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, I've got Uruguay number two. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, I've got him at number one, two. I'm um, looking at the wrong list. I have Portugal. I, I have faith in Cristiano. I don't, I'm not a fan, but uh, I think they'll get through. Ghana, three. Sorry, South Korea, four. I, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. South Korea went on their famous run hosting in 2002, made all the semis, of course. So, um, But, yeah, I think Cristiano will get him over the line there. So I like these, these gambling, though, Jared, getting your points. It's how you generally do well in these little prediction things that we do. So uh, there you go. Uh, we'll go over our round of 16 that quickly. But before we do, I feel like uh, it's been a while since I've given you a, a fact about Qatar. Um, Khor Al-Adid is one of the only places in the world where the sea meets the desert. Cool. Um, Qatar has a coastline of 563 kilometers. Okay. Uh, Doha has the longest continuous cycle path in the world. Cool. Uh, I'd, pff, Qatar is the second safest country in the world. Yeah. Probably because it's forced to be. Um, <laughs> uh, men outnumber women by three to one. Yeah, that, there's a reason behind that. Um, <laughs> I don't think women exactly want to, are flocking to Qatar for the safest country in the world. Uh, just 15% of the country is Qatari. Um, so most people are not from Qatar. Uh, robots are used for camel racing in Qatar. Okay. Um, and Qatar is one of the richest countries in the world. Well, clearly they bought this world cup. So, um, there you go. They're not very fun facts. There's no oxygen is there or like, you know, bloody... yeah, they have no oxygen in Qatar. They don't. It's just sand. It's, it's all robots. They don't yeah. need to breathe. Coarse and rough and irritating. Gets everywhere. Sand and, 
Thin ocean. Thin because, ocean. you know, it's one of the only places <laughs> <laughs> where the desert meets the sea. That, that's exactly <laughs> it. All right. So now we're going to go through our round of 16 ones here. Now, I haven't really been typing as I go along here, so this is going to be kind of a fun little thing. So if I'm not mistaken, the first match here, which is A1 versus B2, I've got that as Netherlands versus the USA. Colin, you've got that as Netherlands versus Wales. And Jared, you've got that as Netherlands, USA. So um, who's winning that? So I, I'll start. I've got the Netherlands will beat the USA and we'll make it through to the quarterfinals. Jared, you got the same matchup. Are you going to yep. agree with that? You agree with that? Yep. Okay. Netherlands are through. Um, all right. Colin, so you've got the Netherlands and Wales. Who do you think mm-hmm. is uh, winning between those two? Netherlands. You've got the Netherlands. So we're all going through the freaky dicky Dutch uh, going through to the quarterfinals in that one. All right. So... C1 versus D2. So I've got Argentina as C1. Colin has got Mexico. And Jared, you have got Argentina. And D2, I have got Australia. The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Colin has got Denmark. And Jared has got Denmark. So mine is Argentina versus Australia. Argentina will win that one. Sorry, the Socceroos, your tournament will come to an end in the round of 16. Uh, Colin, you've got Mexico, Denmark. Who is winning between Mexico and Denmark? I'm saying I have a feeling about Mexico. I got Mexico. Mexico are going to break through finally and get out of the uh, round of 16 for the first time in a long time. Jared, you've got Argentina, Denmark. Uh, I've got Argentina going through. You've got the Argies going through, the Argy-Bargies. So, uh, cool. All right. Good to see that one there. Okay. So then E1 versus F2. So E1, we all have Germany in that spot. And for F2, do we all have Croatia? We do all have Croatia. So it's all the same for us. Germany versus Croatia. I've got Germany making it through to the quarterfinals. Colin. I had Germany as well. Jared. Yeah, same again. That's a matchup, of course. Uh, Germany, Croatia, two thousand uh, nineteen ninety eight, and Croatia famously beat Germany in the quarterfinals. So, where um, round of sixteen, G one versus H two, we all have Brazil, and H two, we have got different countries, all of us. So, I've got Uruguay, Colin, you have got South Korea, and Jared, you have got a Ghana. Uh, I've got Brazil beating Uruguay. Colin, have you got Brazil beating Korea or Korea beating Brazil? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be as optimistic with my dark horse Korea on this one. I've got Brazil. Okay. And uh, Jared, do you have Brazil or Ghana going through here? I have Brazil. The, the gambling only is in the group stage and then it gets serious again. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then we've got round of 16, B1 versus A2. We've all got England going through. And in A2, Colin and I have Qatar. Jared, you have got Ecuador. I have got England beating Qatar. Colin, do you have England or Qatar beating each other? I have England beating Qatar. Jared, England versus Ecuador. England beating Ecuador. England beating Ecuador. So we've all got a sweep of England. Is it coming home? It's coming home. (laughs) Shut up. Um, D1, the champions of Mighty Ducks. Uh, so I've got Denmark and you both have France. C2, um, Jared and I both have Mexico, which means, Colin, you would have Argentina. So I've got 
Mexico beating Denmark. I think Mexico will also Ooh. make it through to the quarterfinals. I think this is their year to break this round of 16 curse. They've got Colin France versus Argentina. That is an epic round of 16 match. Yeah, I'm going with Argentina. Okay. All right. Um, which means I should put that into that spot there. And for Jared, do you have France or Mexico? Mexico. Oh, the French. La Sacre Bleu. They're out in the round of 16. Okay. So uh, both of them. Uh, poor, poor Mecca, uh, poor France. Anyway, uh, round of 16 for F1 versus E2. F1, great sport. Uh, we've all got the Belgians going through uh, in that spot. And in E2, um, we've all got Spain. So uh, all the same matchup. I've got Belgium beating Spain. Colin? See, I haven't gone this far. I saved this for the episode, and I'm kind of feeling Spain here. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Spain. You're going to go with Spain? All right. I like a bit of point of difference there. Uh, Jared, Belgium or Spain? Uh, Spain. Oh, all right. Poor old Belgium. The golden generation are going to choke again, it seems. All right, so the last one we've got, H1 versus G2. Uh, I've got Portugal in H1 spot. And you both have Uruguay. And in G2, uh, we all have got different ones. I've got Switzerland. Colin, you have got Serbia. And Jared, you have got... Oh, you've got Switzerland. So we don't all have different ones. Ben, good job. Um, I've got Portugal beating Switzerland. Colin, Uruguay or Serbia? Uh, I'm going with Uruguay. Going with Uruguay. And Jared, Uruguay or Switzerland? Uruguay. Uruguay. All right. So that then, if I'm not mistaken, means the quarterfinals. Um, I have got Netherlands versus Argentina. Colin has Netherlands versus Mexico. Jared has Netherlands versus Argentina. I'll start with you, Jared. Netherlands or Argentina? I have gone with Argentina. Okie dokie. Messi's going through. He's feeling a bit messy. Ha, 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 ha. Colin, have you got Netherlands or Mexico? I'm still going with Mexico. Oh, Mexico. I'd, lo- I'd love <laughs> to see Mexico make the semifinals. That'd go off. Yeah. That'd explode. That would be amazing. Um, I've got the Argentinians beating the Netherlands as well. So I've got them through to the semi. Sorry, the Dutch. I would like to see you win, but it's not your year this year. All right. We've all got Germany versus Brazil. Let's go with you, Colin, first. Who are you going for? Uh... Uh, I don't know if you're going to throw a chair. I'm going to go with Brazil. Germany or Brazil? Uh, you're going to have to pick up a second chair because I've also said Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ruin it for both of you because I've actually got Brazil going through too, sadly. Um, I, look, I, 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 I would love Germany to go all the way I do, but I, I, I don't know we will. And I just, I, I've got a good feeling about South Americans teams this year. So um, we've got to sweep poor old Germany. But prove me wrong, my beloved Germany. All right. So the next one, uh, I've got England, Mexico. Colin's got England, Argentina. Jared, you've got England, Mexico. I'll start. I've got England, sadly ending Mexico's run. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see Mexico make it through. But I think England will go through to the semis for the second consecutive World Cup. Colin, have you got England or Argentina? Um, looking at it now, I was going to go Argentina, but I think I'm going to go England. I'm going to go with England. All right. Bye-bye, Messi. And, uh, Jared, have you got England or Mexico? Mexico. Oh, two of you for Mexico. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, 
That would make this me is, so this happy. This is going to be our, our – this is what our jerseys need to be. We need yeah. to all pick Mexico. I like Mexico. That would be great to see them make it through the semis. All right, so our last quarterfinal matchup, I've got Belgium versus Portugal. Colin's got Spain versus Uruguay, and Jared's got Spain versus Uruguay. Uh, Colin, Spain or Uruguay? I think I'm going to go with Spain. You're going to go with Spain. Jared? Uh, Spain. All right. I have got Belgium beating Portugal. So I like this. We've got some different matchups here. This is a very unique one going on here. Uh, we may revisit these when we get to the second week. We might sort of just do separate predictions and we'll kind we of... We should probably predict when we get to each round, yeah, the realistic ones. Exactly. <laughs> and sort of say, well, you know, we might still be uh, closer. All right. So our semifinal one matchup. Jared and I both have Argentina-Brazil, which I think would make the world explode. Uh, that would be fantastic. And Colin has Mexico versus Brazil. So, And just a refresher too, if you two aren't familiar with the fact that in a World Cup, we do have a third-place playoff. So the loser mm-hmm. does go everyone. Everyone complains. I hate this. Oh, we don't need a third-place playoff. I am completely for a third-place playoff. I love them. 100%. They're generally mm-hmm. the most high-scoring game of the entire tournament, and they're very entertaining. So uh, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. Jared, Argentina or Brazil, who's going through to the final? Uh, Argentina. Oh, all right. Colin, Mexico or Brazil? Who's going through to the final? First, I want to say I want to agree with you because I feel like same thing in the Olympics. When you have the gold medal game, somebody's walking away a loser with a medal, whereas third place, you're really fighting for your life. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think this is where Mexico is going to end, sadly. So I'm going to go with Brazil. Oh, poor Mexico. All right. Um, they yeah. only made the semis. <laughs> they would they would love every second of that. Um, yeah, I've got Argentina beating Brazil as well. So I've got uh, Argentina going through to the final. All right. So the other semifinal, uh, I've got a repeat of uh, semi, oh, the third place playoff, sorry, from four years ago, England versus Belgium. Column, you've got England versus Spain. And Jared, you've got the Latin face-off here, Mexico versus Spain. Jesus, passion's igniting in that one. Uh, Colin, England or Spain? Well, uh, I think this is where England's going to uh, go to, so I'm going to go with Spain. Thank fuck for that. Uh, <laughs> cannot handle England making a World Cup final. Uh, Jared? Uh, the dream comes to an end. Uh, Spain is going to knock out Mexico. Wow. Okay, then. So, uh, you two people, you both got Spain in the final. There you go. Uh, I've got Belgium beating England. I think Belgium going to make their first World Cup final. The golden generation is going to make it all the way to the end. And I think they'll get there finally. So, all right, let's start with the third place playoff. I've got Brazil versus England. The last two fourth place finishes at the World Cup. Colin has got Mexico versus England. And Jared has Brazil versus Mexico. Uh, Colin, who's finishing third, Mexico or England? Realistically, I would say England. Uh, but I I want to go with my dark horse here. And I want to I wanna make the bold prediction and say Mexico. That makes me so happy. Jared? Brazil, Mexico. Uh, I'm not as optimistic uh, and I'm not going to risk it. I'm saying Brazil. Uh, I've got Brazil beating England. So I think Brazil will finish third. All right. So our finals right now, I've got Argentina, Belgium. Colin has Brazil, Spain. Jared has Argentina, Spain. So we've all got different finals here. I like this. Um, Let's start with Jared. Who's winning the World Cup, Argentina or Spain? It's Argentina's time. Okay. Messi's going to get there. He's going to finally lift that trophy. All right. Colin, Brazil or Spain? I think I will go with my mom's prediction of a nice-looking Brazilian man. (laughs) Uh, As much as I would love, love, love to see Belgium win, I've got a soft spot for the Belgians. I would love to see them win, but I'm with Jared. 
I think it's Argentina. I think it's it's South America. It's been 20 years since South America have won the World Cup. Brazil won it back in 2002. That was on Asian soil. And I just I just feel it's time. The Europeans have dominated now for 20 years. It's Argent- It's South America's time to win. And I, yeah, I'm not a, to be honest with you, not a massive Messi fan, but I think it's time for him to win a World Cup. So, um, yeah, I'm with you, Jared. I think Argentina will win the final. And uh, I think we're going to have a very interesting tournament. So just to recap, uh, I've got Argentina winning. Colin's got Brazil. Jared's got Argentina winning as well. Uh, for our home nations, uh, Jared and I have Socceroos in different places. Jared's got them finishing third in the group. I've got them making it through to the round of 16, but going out in the round of 16 to Argentina. And for Canada, we've all got them finishing third uh, in Group F, which I hope we're wrong. I do. I'd love to see Canada make it through. If, if we all, right now, give me a bold prediction of just one country. I know we've just given predictions, just random country, pull it out of your butt if there's one country, because there's always one country that does stuff that nobody expects to do. Which country is it? Jared? Uh, you know what? It's it's Wales. Okay. I like that. All right. Colin? I think I'll go with host nation, Qatar. I like both of them and I agree with both of them, but I'm fucking, I'm going Canada. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand up to it. I think if one country is just going to pull something, you know, no one's talking about, no one's talking about Canada. I think Canada has a chance to at least make it through to the next round and surprise some people. To, to throw in some Canadian commentary on this, I mean, it, it's it's actually very similar to the lopsided nature of swimming in Canada with women dominating. And during the last Olympics, I talked about the the men's four by, um, uh, was it the, the medley or whatever, the relay, where the men came in fourth and they were all over every interview saying this to us is the gold medal. We wanted to show that this isn't just a woman's sport here in Canada. And it really is the same. I mean, Canada has just become a woman's soccer nation that I feel like the men have something to prove. So, yeah, that, that could uh, that could happen. I'll give you an example. 2010, New Zealand did qualify for the World Cup. They actually ended up being the only undefeated nation at the 2010 World Cup. They had three draws. Um, even, like, the winners of Spain lost a game. Uh, every, you know, every country basically lost a game outside of that. But New Zealand surprised some people. And New Zealand went home and they were like, oh, brew, we're happy. And they didn't win. They didn't make it through the next group, but they got three draws. They drew Italy for God's sakes. So, you know, they did very well and that was enough for them to go home. So I, I think Canada can put in something like that and go home as long as they're not going to get beaten like 8-0 in every single match. But uh, and I don't think they will. I think they're going to get some goals and I think they will pull some surprises. What we're going to be doing here on Off the Podium, we're basically going to be for the next month and a bit, pretty much all the way from now until Christmas, we're talking the World Cup. Each week we're going to be doing a form of review. Uh, we're generally going to record them probably on a Thursday night. I think we've worked out. So they'll drop on our regular day of a Friday. So obviously for the next couple of weeks, they'll just sort of be reviewing the rounds, mainly probably talking about Australia and Canada, but the other games as well. And then from that point on, we will go into, of course, the, the next round, quarterfinals, finals. We'll then have a final preview and then we'll come back after it's all done and wrap it up and talk about that. And then we've got one big interview to end the year off with and then we've got a massive interview to start the year off with as well. So plenty to come, but lots of World Cup action between now and the end of the year because I'm pumped. I'm excited. Jared, thank you for joining us. Has this gotten you more excited now that you've talked about this and put your predictions in and getting ready to tune into SBS for uh, all the right reasons than we probably did as teenage boys? It has. Um, I feel like I'm all aboard like the Mexico train now. Yes. So, um, 
Excited for that. Viva la Mexico. Mexico. Like, just bring it on. I love the Mexican love. Colin, uh, how are you feeling now? Oh, Canada or bugger it. Viva la Mexico. Let's let's get in the train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just excited uh, looking up the time we're going to be recording and uh, what I'll likely be watching. I will be in the middle of watching Wales in Iran hey, at the time we record episode one. Traditional rivals. They hate each other. Just absolutely despise each other. So you wait to see the fans go off. Riots outside the Qatari stadiums there. But uh, stay tuned to, uh, of course, Off the Podium. Like, subscribe. Do all of that kind of fun stuff that you do. Our social channels. We're probably not going to post as extensive coverage like we do during an Olympics. Uh, We'll post maybe some things here and there, but mainly we'll just be our episodes and everything along those lines too. But uh, obviously we're looking forward to bringing you the coverage over the coming weeks. Thanks again to Neve for her time on the show and a big thanks to SBS for arranging that interview with us. Uh, Get excited. World Cup's here. Shout out as always to the Birmingham Bull, the Qatari Ghost, the French Gloves. Uh, whatever. Thanks to all of them. Um, shout out, of course, to Jason Momoa. I haven't done that in a while, but bugger it. And he's probably watching the World Cup. He's angry enough. He can kick a ball. And uh, remember, razzle-dazzle, fizzle-dizzle, whatever the hell that is. And go left. Go left.